It's good to be in church today. We need it to stop raining, but it's all good. <laughs> if it smells a little funky in here, we apologize, but uh, during the monsoon season we had last week, uh, we had standing water in the auditorium, and it was actually soaked clear up to maybe around this area, and it soaked through the, the wall to the offices and to the nursery, and so uh, four of us with shop vacs sucked up as much as we could, mop and bucket, and then we uh, uh, got the guy that laid the carpet. He said, hey, I sucked that stuff up. And, well, actually, he has a machine that does that, so just <laughs> make that really clear. And uh, so he came, and, but our guys had did so much of the work, there wasn't a whole lot for him to, to extract for the water, but he did spray stuff so it doesn't mold or mildew. Some of that has a little bit of an odor, but um, it's pretty well dissipated now. It's going away. But I'm thankful for uh, people of God that, you know, to them, uh, just making sure, hey, we got to get this thing done and get this. So it wasn't really what we were planning to do, but um, when I looked at it, I got a picture, uh, and I sent it to Tom, and, and he grabbed some guys. The standing water was all around up in this way in the cross, and you, anywhere you walked up to about this point, it was just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. You know, I'm like, oh. So we spent the next several hours just, you know, doing all the, that's my best back sounds for you. So anyway, good to be in a dry auditorium, and um, God is so good. We're excited about what he's doing, and, uh, you know, we have some meetings this week of some things that I think will make a difference uh, in lives around the city, and, and actually not just our city, but, you know, I really do believe a church alive is worth the drive. I do believe that, and I would rather go to a church and get fed something I can do and something that the Word reflects and, and is true to God's Word, and instead of just existing, going somewhere that, uh, you know, how many of us were in a battle? So uh, there are a lot of good churches, so I'm not downing anybody, so all I'm saying is I, I do believe God is going to do some things. Now, you know, uh, today we're like, okay, you might look around and go, huh, but there are people, again, through all the stuff going on, there are uh, online audience, and let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching us. And, but I, I, you know, today I have something I really believe the Lord brought to me. I, I, I believe that it's something for us to look at this morning, and it's called viewpoint. We need to kind of change our viewpoint. Uh, well, not to kind of. We just need to change. Have you ever had somebody that they had a viewpoint on something and you had a viewpoint on something? And sometimes it's hard to, you know, sometimes there's that old phrase, we have to agree to disagree. And um, just so that, you know, we can continue to be cordial to each, you know what I mean? Sometimes we're very strong about a viewpoint or our convictions are this or that. But my, my point of this whole message today is changing our viewpoint from what we rationalize, what we think in our human minds, to what God says. Our viewpoint... I believe, as believers, should be one that reflects the viewpoint of our Father. We should be, as we say, glowing in the dark in this time of where our nation, as Ron so well said it, that our nation has never been in history, had such a time as we are walking and living through together now, that we need answers. We need somebody that just says, you know what, I am not shaken. Because I think we're all tired. I think we've all had enough or we have all been cooped up long time and we love our kids and we love our family but help me jesus you know school starting has some parents are like thank you god 
But it's all good because, you know, we, we've learned. We're people that we learn, okay, how do I manage this? How do I get through this? And some things out of How many knows that sometimes in the valley is where, you know, a, the great idea is born. You're forced to do something or something comes up. you got a new, you know, you're stretched. Um, so let's, let's look at viewpoint. Sometimes I just think we look at things wrong because we look, again, with our own minds. We see things the way we are sitting. If you're a sports fan, you can, you can be a, a um, stand referee uh, you know, or a TV referee because we get the beauty of seeing you know, how maybe that stealer stepped out of bounds when nobody else could see it. Uh, so, you know, but the ref gets his viewpoint right there, and so he goes by what he sees when he sees it. And sometimes it's amazing to me, they'll play it back and like, nope, his foot was right on the line. We're like, he was not out, and then actually he was. The ref saw it, or it could go the other way. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have the ability to see all that, but now they have technology where they can see some of those if it is being, uh, you know, controversial. But my point is, we just accept things because it is our view or our viewpoint. So who can we trust? How many, I just, God has all of the answers. Do you believe that? So if God has all the answers and he has, he created the earth and he created uh, all the people in it, then let's look to the creator for what his viewpoint is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. I think all of us would want to be close to God. I think if we could ask everybody, you know, yeah, well, I'd love to be close to God. David, God loved David's heart, but David had a hunger and a thirst for God. He wanted to be closer to God. He wanted more of God. And I think we all could say, you know, there are times that, you know, we get hungry and thirsty. But again, I want to change our viewpoint today. Right now, I think so many of America is just in survival mode. We just give me something to get through to tomorrow. You know, our mentality is, I'm just wanting to eat today. I'm not even concerned about tomorrow or next week or how this or how that. I just, you know, it is just, God, help me right now. We are just surviving. Let me give you some stats of, of, about thirst. I mean, I, I want us to understand our viewpoint. We were just common, you know, hey, everybody needs to be thirsty. Well, you know, I, I lost a whole lot of weight, and I found about 25 of it again. I don't like that. So I've, I've got to get back because, you know, sometimes that just creeps back up on you. So, you know, I'm figuring all that out. And so I drink a lot of water. You know, water is a cleansing. It helps you maintain and keep losing weight, keeps your metabolism running and all that. Also gives you your very own workout program because you've got to go to the bathroom about every 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll be right back. No, I don't have to go right now. So knowing that thirst. So let's look at thirst for just a second. We all get hungry and thirsty. But 1% of, of deficiency uh, for thirst creates it. So if you have 1% deficiency of water in your body creates thirst. 5% creates a fever. 8% the glands stop producing saliva and the skin turns blue. 10% you become weak and can't walk. 12% deficiency of, of water in your system could cause death. 60% of your makeup is water. I mean, we need water. We can lose up to two glasses of water when you sleep at night. So you wake up and you can be thirsty. The psalmist said, my soul thirsts for you. And so we want, this is what we want. We like to be one and done. We as Americans, we like, hey, let's just get one drink and that should do it. That's not how that is. As we follow after God, as we thirst for God, 
there's something inside that says, I got to have more of that. Have you ever went on a holiday and somebody in your family is just an amazing cook? They're just killer at making something. And you could be full, but if they put it in front of you, you're going to eat it. And you're going to only not eat one piece. You're going to think, maybe if I just had some coffee to wash that, that'd be good. Or maybe I just need, you know, whatever. And you will eat more of it. Or you have a pizza. Some pizzas, you can be like, that was good. But there are other pizzas, it's not only good. You can devour that pizza. And because the crust is thin, you rationalize. I, 12 pieces of that, probably worth one piece because that crust is so thin. Because <laughs> we have a thirst. And we, you know, so we understand that. The woman at the well said, give me the water that I'll never thirst again. But if you live a life thirsting for the Lord, you're always going to need more of God. He's so good, and you're going to say, I need to have that from the Lord again. We can never get all of God. How many knows God is vast? He is, there's no beginning and end. He is just immense, and you can't even measure that. But we can't get all of God, but God could get all of you. He could have all of you. D.L. Moody answered when he asked why he always preached on being filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, because I leak. And that's what happens. We go through life and we, you know, we let things out and you, know, you need more food or water to sustain you. And that's how it is with God. We have to continually stay with the Lord and walk with him because we leak. So many times we want to walk in faith. But when we're in faith, we, we got to understand trust. I grew up, uh, and again, my, my mom's in this service, but I grew up, my mom, I would say, Mom, why can't I climb the tree? I want to climb the tree. And she would say, because I, that's what she would say. And I would just try to trust her. Now, I still climb trees, but <laughs> don't tell her that. But, you know, Mom, why can't I take this fork and stick it in that light socket? Because I said so. Because, you know, she is, sometimes she would be busy and she wouldn't have or didn't take the time to explain it to me or just, just trust me. Or she would say things like this. Or, or maybe even my father would say, you know what? Uh, don't hang around them. Why not? Trust me. They didn't go into great detail. They're just seeing signs or things that were like, that's not what you're going to call a friend in just a short time. So... Understanding that, just saying, I have to understand that he has and she has my best interest at heart. And that's how God is with us. He has your best interest at heart, and you have to trust him. But you, this is what we do. Well, God, I don't understand. And some of us, well, I'm not moving until I understand. You might not understand with that attitude because that is one that's self-like, I, I just need. No, we need to maybe just trust him instead of saying, I understand. We need to stand under it. So when we stand under it, then we find out, oh man, where are you today? What is your viewpoint today? What are you thinking like today? Instead of getting mad and frustrated about trying to figure out the stuff God created, let's just trust in God. I just, you're just amazing. Maybe we should just understand, God, you are just so huge. 
Let his spirit reveal answers to us. The Bible is very clear that his spirit in him we live, we move, we have our being. And by revelation, God can say, listen, here's why I didn't want you to do that. Has God ever shown you something at first you didn't understand? You know, there's times I've driven and I'm heading home and the Lord, I just feel impressed. Don't go home the same way. Go another way. Why? Just go another way. And you go another way and found out there was a huge wreck that happened at the time I would have been there. Could have been part of that wreck, but God had spared me because I was listening Come on. It is about just following the Father, getting his viewpoint. Let his spirit reveal answers to us. Here's our first thought for this morning. What is your viewpoint? What is your viewpoint? His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways, the Bible says, are unsearchable. And in the Greek, you know what that means? You can't find it. The only way to have some inside connection is by his spirit because the kingdom is in you. Remember we did that peace and joy and righteousness? That's in you. We have the keys to the kingdom. God's kingdom is in you. I had somebody tell me one time, and I thought, man, that is so good. Well, we're just waiting on God just to, you know, get next to the spout where the glory comes out. And I get that. You know, that's just a, you know, but God just needs to, to pour it down on us. Can I just say... He's in you. You just need to turn it on. You just need to turn the switch, flip the switch, get his viewpoint instead of yours. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. So let's get this right at the start. Let me just start out. God doesn't put disease and death on anybody. That comes from the enemy. If there's stealing, killing, destroying in it, you can know it's enemy founded, it's enemy driven. It's not God. He works by covenant. Now, I am a husband, I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm an uncle, I'm a brother, I'm a brother-in-law. And so many times, you know, depending on where you're going, you got to figure out, okay, I'm going, we just went to see our granddaughters Friday. And so to them, to all my grandkids, I'm Pops. And so I love hearing my granddaughter go, come on, Pop, let's go. I just think that's adorable. So, uh, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Pops. So there's different hats that, you know, you'll put on. Or my uh, sister's kids growing up, I'm Uncle Brett. Amy, who was up here on the platform singing, she, she always calls me UBPB. <laughs> Uncle Brett, Pastor Brett, I guess. But that's her, that's what she calls me all the time. UBPB, how you doing today? It almost sounds like UBPB. <laughs> but anyway, I love that because it's Amy saying that. Life can get hard just to remember names and dates. That's my point. And, you know, like everybody's anniversary or everybody's birthday or all of that. And that's why now you know why there is a smartphone. And sometimes those don't always act so smart. But they do help you keep dates. Scientists are admitting now that they don't understand everything. They're looking at it and they're letting it teach them. In other words, they don't understand, so they're watching it. So the best example I could give you of that is have you ever bought a puppy... And before you named it, you watched the puppy for a little bit. You watched him play. So maybe you called him Frisky, or maybe he has Spot, so you called him Spot. Or he was yellow, so you called him yellow. As he got older, you'd call him old yellow. <laughs> Whatever. But, I mean, you, the point is you watched it, and you let that define what you felt you were going to call it. You're letting that teach you. Have you ever been so far into something that you kind of can't see the forest through the trees? Now, I have a beautiful wife, and she loves jewelry, and she wears, uh, well, most of the women, and now I guess a lot of guys wear earrings, uh, but they, whatever that little backing thing is on the back of an earring, 
earring backer. That's what we'll call it. But she has lost that before. And we've been at church sometimes. She goes, those are my favorite earrings. I need that for my earrings. And so uh, I was in Hessler's the other day picking up shirts for the church. And I was telling a story, and I was using voices like I normally do. And I said, and so my wife was saying, I just need to. And some lady leaned over the sweatshirts or something. She goes, I might come to your church to see if your wife talks like that. <laughs> come on. Anyway, I mean, I'm staring for 15 minutes at the spot. She said, I had to lose it around here. And I'm just, I can't find it. I mean, I'm on my, I'm looking. And then somebody that is away from the situation walks up and goes, it's right there. I've been looking right there for 15 minutes. And I didn't see it, but they saw it. We need fresh eyes, a fresh view. We already make up our mind of how things are going to be or how they should be or what happened. Do you know that's how a magician gets you to believe something else? It's by deception. You think you saw something that really didn't happen, but you think it did. So that's what you believe. The enemy does that as well. He loves to deceive you. He loves you to assume. But when scientists figure something out, it blows their old theory away. Then they go, oh my goodness, this isn't what we thought at all. Then they get new equipment. They get bigger telescopes. They get bigger microscopes. And they start studying it bigger. And they, they, they're just amazed. They study stuff like, look, there'll be scientists who say, this, this is matter. This guy over here says, no, I'm studying it. This is, this is a wave and a particle. No, no, this is matter. No, this is... And so they both are right, and so they kind of figure, all right, but they, they start letting things show them. One says particle, the other says wave. They found out, they, took, they put two electrons, now just hang with me, they put them side by side in the same energy field, and they move them apart and touch one and change the one's direction, the other one changes immediately. It doesn't matter if they're 50 feet or 500 miles, they still change. They touch one, move it, the other one moves. They don't understand it, they're baffled by it, but they accept it. What if we applied that to us? When God does something that you just don't understand, or that you are baffled by, I wonder if we could just accept what he does. Accept his viewpoint. What if you and I were set in motion in the same energy field called worship? You remember when I talked about that time when I was going to preach and, and I, the Lord spoke to me and I, all I could think of and he wanted me to talk about worship and I just got down on, the, on my face. I just felt like, got to get down to the ground. What if that is happening? Because you know in heaven 24-7 they are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And every time they do, 24 elders are just like, oh. I mean, as soon as you start anything in heaven, the whole place is, oh, and it happens all the time. It never rests. What if what's happening in heaven, God wants to happen here on earth? I believe there's a prayer that says, as it is in heaven here on earth, or as in earth on heaven, however you want to put it. What if we were set in motion? Have you ever been in a service where, man, you just felt God, he was thick as peanut butter? pea soup but the glory was thick the presence was there and you just are like oh my goodness you felt free something was happening sometimes you just felt like for the first time i want to shout i want to dance i want to do something i mean i don't know or, or, or i ran i've been in a service where i ran i i 
I don't, I like sprinting. I don't like to, but, but I'm just saying, I was just like, I got to a point where I could care less what people thought. The presence was so thick. I remember baptizing people when I was on staff in a church and, and the presence of God just came in that place. And there was a lady, and she's a wonderful saint. She, she's got to be with Jesus now. If she's not, she's up there. But she was wonderful. She was a sweetie. And she got baptized. I mean, she was prim and proper. And I'm just telling you, I mean, she was, you know, her hair was always really nice, very nice. She was very thin, but very dressed very nicely, very cultured. Um, you never, you know, she wasn't like, hey, how you doing? You know, she's not that kind. She was just... So good to see you. Oh, we just love having you. I mean, she's always very professional. She decides she's getting baptized that night. She wasn't on the baptismal schedule. I mean, I saw the schedule because I'm in the tank. And there were several that are getting baptized. She's on the schedule. And so she comes up. She's her makeup. Now, you got to understand, this lady, I have never seen her. I, I've seen her get excited for Jesus. But I've never seen her out of character, so to speak. You know, just like, wow. She comes in. She has no change of clothes. She comes down in with her dress, long dress, makeup, everything. She looks and she says, baptize me. I'm telling you, put her underwater, took her back out. The place just erupted. And her hair slicked back like Elvis, man. She come out of that water. I mean, and I was all shook up. It gets better. I'm like, this is amazing. You could feel God's presence. And I turn to my right, and who is there but PK? She has no change of clothes. She is down in the water. I'm like, baby, what are you doing? She's like, I'm getting baptized. Get out of my way. <laughs> and we baptized her. She came out of that water. Hair slicked back like Elvis. Chopping her legs and screaming like her cheerleader, like she grew up. And the whole place erupted again. And God hit that place. What if our viewpoint changed? Now, those two ladies could have been, I, I don't have a change of clothes. The next time they schedule one, I'll schedule one. But something inside them said, oh, I got to get in that tank. I got to get, I, God wants me to do this today. And you know what? We made it home. She lived through it. We've, somebody found her a towel somewhere, you know, we got home. And it was a service that was marked by the presence of God because people's viewpoint got changed. Pastored in Pickerington, we baptized people. We had two people on the schedule. And one of the girls, I couldn't get her name right. The congregation was shouting. I'd ask the girl, what's your name? So she'd tell me she'd talk so fast, I couldn't understand it. She, I said it four times, and then finally the congregation shouted back at me what her name was. <laughs> but anyway, we baptized her and stuff, and then the presence of God hit that place. Not really when we baptized that young lady. I can't even remember how it exactly happened, but this is a true story. There's two people that were here, and PK was there. Fifty-two people. Fifty-two people came out of the seats. No change of clothes, no towels. By the time they got to the tank, if they even got close to the water, they were falling on the ground. They were falling out in the water. I mean, it was nuts in a good way. And it started changing our viewpoint. God, there's something bigger than what we think is our mindset. What if 
Our viewpoint started being like God's. And if you could set things in motion, because they're doing it in heaven 24-7, they never stop. See, sometimes before we can understand it, we just have to stand under it. Sometimes you're going to have to let God tell you what it is. Jesus talked in parables. I always thought that was amazing because he's always telling stories. So I love telling stories. But he talked in parables and the disciples asked why. You know, because he would say things and the people would be kind of like, I'm not sure I'm following everything you're saying. And this is his answer. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. So this is kind of out of the book of Brett. So listen, he's just saying, because I really don't want them to know what I'm saying unless they really want to know. And they're like, what? And he said, this is what he's basically saying. Because if they want to know what I'm saying, they're going to follow me and they're going to find out what I'm saying because they have a thirst for what I'm saying. So then when they find out what I'm saying, they'll know what I'm saying because they really wanted to know. So the disciples are, you know, understand when Jesus is telling the disciples, now you're going to be fishing for men. If you're a fisherman, you have a tackle box. Inside the tackle box are lures. Now, I'm not trying to lure you anything weird or anything that's not truth. That word is truth. He's just trying to say, yes, come on, let me show you a truth. I mean, there's people out there, especially now with all the COVID and everything going on, that are, just give me some answers. You know, I don't have all the answers, but they're looking for people that are going to light up in a dark time. But I'm telling you, when you are... Your viewpoint is becoming, I want to be a soul winner. I want to go after what God wants me to go after. I want to praise and worship him, not with fear of man, but just, God, I just love you. This place will be a spot where the glory will shine, and it will shine on each one of us. There's all kinds of ways to fish. I don't have time to go through all that right now. But, I mean, look at the Bible. Nicodemus says, what does it mean to be born again? Because in his own mind, he's like, well, this is all I know. If you're born, this is how it happens. And Jesus is talking about something deeper. He's talking about the Spirit. He's talking about what we've been talking about already. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. Come on, it is about us saying, God, let me be your hands and feet. That's what this is about. See, if you believe, you'll see. That's faith. If you have to see it to believe it, that's not faith. I have grown up, and my, my worst favorite subject was math. I've just never been a math fan. I can do math, but I don't care for it that much. But you need math. If you say to yourself, I'm not ever going to use math again, I'll never use numbers, and you want to balance your checkbook... You're not going to balance your checkbook because the theory and law of numbers, one plus one equals two. So if you want to balance, you're going to have to submit to that theory. We have a lot of people that are like, oh, if you just resist the devil, he'll flee. He won't flee if you're not submitted to the one that's bigger than the devil. Because the scripture in front of that says submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Listen to this. I believe so I might understand, not I understand so I might believe. Some people say, give me the explanation and then I can believe. I get that, and I'm not saying there's not truth in that, 
But there is something that needs to be said because God, if you say it, I don't have to. I just, I trust you. So I believe. That involves trust. We walk by faith and not by sight. Did you know that God created creatures just to worship? That's all they do. That's their job. That's why he created them. They only worship. And again, we said it earlier. All they say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when they do that, a chain reaction comes off. And all the 24 elders bite the dust and go, holy, holy, holy. What if our viewpoint would be, God, give me a hunger and a thirst for that. Did you know God is so creative, no two snowflakes are alike? Isn't that crazy? Even identical twins are not alike. Now, to us, they look pretty identical, but you know they're different. They have different personalities, and they're different in some of their things. But there are some similarities that only twins can go like, I don't know. They, they have that some kind of a connection. Worship and bowing are going on right now as I'm speaking. Right now, this very second, as I'm talking to you, in heaven, they are bowing. They are worshiping the Lord of Lords the kings of kings. They're worshiping Jesus. That's what they're doing right now. As we are talking, as you are sitting here, it is going on this very second. God never gets tired. I said it before, you know, angels have supernatural bodies and they can't handle the glory of God. They have to bow and man, that's that's like what was happening in those baptismal things. It's just our bodies are made where we have human bodies, and when there's so much glory, your body is just, it's just hard to stand up against that. It's almost like if you can picture, you know, 60 mile an hour winds and you're trying to walk into the wind, or there's, you know, it's just leverage. I mean, it just can't happen. Here's our second thought What truths that, back, that you have that back up what you're viewing at? What's your viewpoint? What's your take on things? So what are the truths? What, are, what can you respond? How can you back it up to know? Look at Job 26, 5 through 14. The dead tremble, those who live beneath the waters. The underworld is naked in God's presence. This is talking about, you know, everything evil is exposed. The place of destruction is uncovered. God stretches the northern sky over the empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds, and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful. His power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? The NIV says it this way. These are the outer fringes of his works. Who can understand the thunder of his power? The Living Bible says these are the minor things he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Who can then withstand his thunder? The good news says these are only hints of his power. Only the whispers we have heard. We, who can know how truly great God is? The Bible says these are only the hints or the fringes of his ways. It's just the shell. If this is just the hint of God, this is just the, the little tiny things, then what would the substance be like? The Bible says that his train, now I want you to picture a train, not a choo-choo, woo-woo, not that kind of train, but a train like a bride wears, the train that hangs down, you know, that comes off of the back or the head. 
The Bible says his train fills the temple. Fills the temple. Fills the temple. Now, my, my daughter Mallory and my wife, they had long trains. You know, and you have that attendant that's back there that's doing all that. If his train fills the temple, what's the robe like? Oh, my word. Are you getting that? I mean, he's so amazing. His viewpoint is much different than mine. I need to get my viewpoint like his. So what are we missing? 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. So PB, what's it saying? We don't know him in his riches. We don't know him in his full glory. All we know him is in his poverty. He left heaven. He left his riches to come and help us. To save us. We only know him in the fringes. That's pretty huge. For God so loved the world that he gave. He left his riches and glory to save us. So what are his attributes? And even if I tell you all of those, we're still only talking about what we know. That's in his poverty. We don't know him in his riches. But by the Holy Spirit, through the power of God inside you, that he put his spirit in you, we have a foretaste of our inheritance. If we follow and do what God is saying, it doesn't matter what COVID does, because God is bigger than that. If this is just a foretaste, not COVID, I'm talking about just the goodness of God. What if this is just... What would the inheritance be like? Let's look at some of his fringes or hints of power for just a minute. Let's talk about the sun. God created it. It's the most significant expression in our solar system. It's self-luminous celestial body consisting of a mass of gas held together by its own gravity in which the energy generated by nuclear reactions in the interior is balanced by the outflow of the energy to the surface. You can't stand and stare at the sun long because if you do, it'll hurt your eyes. And he made that. So if he made that, he's bigger than that. The writer of Hebrews says the one that builds the house has greater honor than the house. Check this out for info on the sun. One second of energy from the sun produces more energy than all mankind has produced since creation. It is our source of heat and light. It sustains life on earth, 92.5 to 93 million miles from the earth, 864,000 miles in diameter. It, if it was hollow, it could contain 1 million planets the size of the earth. That's, that's crazy. Near its center, it's almost 29 million degrees. The guy that took that is no longer with us. It's only an average-sized star in our galaxy. Some stars in the galaxy are 100 times the size of the sun. There are 100 billion stars in our galaxy. Not all of space, mind you, just our galaxy. Compared to the sun, it's a tiny speck in our galaxy. Our galaxy is part of the solar system, which is a group of hundreds of millions of stars orbiting around the center. 50 billion galaxies in our universe, and they are still counting. The largest known galaxy is about 13 times as many stars as the Milky Way. If you were to drive a car from Earth to Pluto at 65 miles an hour, it would take you 7,000 years to get there. 
Traveling at the speed of light, it would take you five hours. To go from one side of the galaxy to the other, traveling at the speed of light, it would take you, check it out, 100,000 years. And God made that. Somebody say he's awesome. And we're still talking about the fringes. We're, we're still talking about this is just something God did. It's, it's just hints of his power. Our galaxy is one of 50 billion galaxies moving through space at 100 million miles an hour. There are 10 million trillion stars in space, more than all the sand on the seashores. If we were to divide the stars between 5.1 billion people, which is now more, uh, we would each get 2 trillion stars apiece. 71% of the Earth's surface is covered with water with an average depth of 16,000 feet, not to mention the creatures that live in that water. Thunder. Let's talk about thunder. A thunderclap is equal to a 20 kiloton nuclear warhead. It's explosive. Uh, that sound produced by an ordinary lightning discharge. You know, they used to say if you hear, th uh, you'd see lightning and hear thunder, you, well, you count, you saw lightning count the seconds when you heard the thunder, and then you knew how many miles that, I don't know if that's true, but that's what we used to do. You'd see a lightning and then one, two, three, whoa, that's four miles away or whatever. Lightning is a single lightning bolt if a harness could sufficiently care for the power needs of a city of 100,000 people for four years. Lightning is flashing at least once a second somewhere in the world. They still call hurricanes, tornadoes, and floods acts of God. Even atheists still call them acts of God. Let's talk about a tornado. It's a rotating column of air usually accompanied by a funnel shaped downward, um, having a vertex several hundred yards in diameter, whirling at speeds up to 500 miles an hour. The, God, the Bible talks about how great God is over and over again. Isaiah said that God calls all the stars by name. I can't even call all of you by name, probably. I mean, but you're talking about trillions and zillions of stars. He calls them all by name. How about, let's even go a little further. How many can remember all your passwords to all your electronic devices? Oh. My Bible says that he does not get weary. He gives power to the faint. His joy is my strength. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Remember Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat got with the Lord because they were, they were going to be attacked. And God, he was told this by God, send the praisers first. Now you would think, hey, we're going down to war. I'm going to send my big guys. I'm going to send my army guys. I, you know, we can praise when this fighting's done. And, and the Lord says, no, now come on, because his viewpoint is bigger and different than ours. Send the praisers first. They go down and they sing a song. Now, you'd like to think they'd be singing something. You know, you'd like to think, hey, strike up the band. Let's sing bad to the bone. You know, my God is real big. You better get out of the way. He's going to knock you out. It's going to be the day. I mean, Whatever. But you're going to have to, you know, but he, he says, no, sing this. So they sing a song that is not really for the people. It is for God. So what I'm trying to get to you is if one thing can set something in motion, when we come in here to worship, as much as we love you, as much as we think you're important, he is more. So Miss Mallory is her job is not to seek attention from you, but to seek a focus and an audience of one. Father, what do you want me to sing today? Oh, God, that you would be in present in this building today. So she will sing that 
And that's what we have to come in and say, you know what? Maybe they didn't get your song today, but we're singing about the one that should be the one you want to sing about. So I'm not going to understand everything, but I'm going to stand under it. And I'm going to praise him. So, so when I do that, just like in heaven, the presence fills this place. And things start to happen in this place. It's not just, I just got to go to church. I, gotta go. I had a guy tell me one time, I know how many times I've been to church because I give $10 every time I come. I've been to church six times this year. Oh, happy days are here again. <laughs> God is bigger than $10. God is bigger than just doing an obligation. God is everything. What's your viewpoint? What do you sing when you're up against the wall? There are some people that that's, that's all they do. Their, their song for God is always a 911 number. Because the only time they call on him is when something's wrong. But I'm telling you, God is bigger than that. I'm telling you, he's more awesome than that. I'm telling you, his viewpoint of you is better than that. He's here when you're in the valley. He's here when you're on the mountain. He's here when everything's good. He's here when everything's bad. He will help you get to whatever he wants for you. Change your viewpoint. It puts a whole new spin on praise. I can't wait to get here for praise. I can't wait. Because praise and worship is just like a plow going through the garden. And it just pulls the ground up so that the seed of God, the word of God can be planted. If we do our part, he does his. Because it's set in the same motion as the atmosphere in heaven. When heaven shakes, the earth shakes. When you're under God's influence, you can't help but want what he wants. If you magnify something, you make it bigger. How are you going to make God bigger? I mean, he's just, he's the biggest thing. He's huge. You can talk big about him and you, and you need to. But you can't make God bigger because he is the biggest. But you can make him bigger in you. And that's the key. My friends, our viewpoint should be... Lord, I need to get there. I can't wait. That's why the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together because we need each other. Because that corporate, if one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. The power of God can be in this place like you couldn't always get it at home because we got believers walking side by side saying this same thing. He is God and there is none like him. And as we do that, as we start laying everything down, Father, in Jesus' name, we start repenting. We start being who God wants us to be. We start being the hands and feet. We start praying. We start believing. We start laying hands on our own kids. We start anointing our doors with oil. We start doing whatever God tells us to do. Things start happening. I've had people that just tell me, PB, I need you to come to my house. Okay. We've been seeing things. Things are happening. And there's weird things in this one room. I need you to come in there. If you come in there, will they go? Yeah, they'll go. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive they'll go. That's awesome. Can you come? Yeah, I can come. But here's something you need to know. I'm going to go too. So once I leave, what's your viewpoint on keeping that out? Whatever that is. See, this isn't, this isn't, I mean, I, I'm funny because I'm ornery. And that's just how God uses me. I get it. So, and so hopefully laughing will help bring some of that to your heart and go, you know what, I can do that. But I mean, 
it's just life. It should be life for all of us. Brett, will you come over and you anoint our house? Okay. But I don't live in that house. You do. So would you come over and do it and show us and we'll go do it once you leave? Okay. We'll do that. So we did that. And I remember the guy said, I need you to anoint my yard. I go, okay. Well, I, I had a little thing of oil. He said, here. And he handed me a thing of Wesson oil. I said, will that work? I said, sure. So I'm out in the yard. True story. I, I've told this before. True story. And I'm, I'm flinging oil. I'm like, okay. So I walk the perimeters of the yard. And I'm just tossing oil a little bit here. And I'm, I'm praying in, in tongues. I'm praying in my prayer language. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being weird. I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I guess if you look on the outside, some guy throwing Wesson oil going, talking in some other language, it's probably a little off. But, you know, but I got around about three quarters of the yard. And then you ever have a feeling when you know somebody's looking at you? And I was, you know, doing that. And I was saying whatever the Lord told me to say. You know, Father, I speak peace over this property. I, I play, pray blessing over it. And the kids will be blessed. And God, da, 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 da. And I stopped and looked up. And there's a neighbor on the other side of the hedge going. <laughs> mouth open. Eyes looking at me just. Like that, and I mean, we froze, and for about 10 seconds, we were just staring at each other. And there was that feeling, okay, that's going to go over well. Then I thought, I don't live here. And just kept going on. Because when this comes down to it, this is not about just being somebody you're not. This is you being who God wants you to be. And sometimes people will say, well, I don't think that's, that's weird. I've had a lot of people say different things. I don't like that. That lady ran in church. Well, the lady, her hip was out. And she couldn't walk. She hadn't been able to walk for a few years. And God healed her right there. And she was running to church. Your hip was out. You'd be running in church too. God put it right back together. Right like that. This isn't about you. This is about him. This is about our viewpoint of him. And when our viewpoint is like, Father, you're the most important thing. Now listen to what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm just about finished here. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these things. And you can look that up. This is Matthew 6, 33. You can look at what all the things are before that. And it's going to tell you. And it's all the things the world's clamoring after. You don't have to clamor. You just have to go after God. The other stuff is just a byproduct. Really. I got to counsel with somebody yesterday. And I was glad to do it. I'm happy to do it. And he asked me a couple questions. He said, how did that happen? God. Well, how did that happen? God, how did you get that? God? He's like, I, I haven't seen that. You see, in a world that's, they need fruit. They need people like you and people like me to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And you know how that, we change our viewpoint. What if you're sitting in Bob Evans and God says, pay for those people's food? And you do. Or you see that person? Would you go over there and just tell them I love them? God, I, I don't want to do that. But if you'll do it, it unleashes glory and presence. And then God says, not only do you trust me, I trust you. I have, I have no doubt, this is in my own person, I am nobody outside of the grace of God. But I do believe if he tells me to do something, I have no doubt that it's not done and taken care of. And so some people ask me, how did this happen? Because I believed.
What's your viewpoint? God, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for PB, but he's not doing it for me. He's not. That's why it hasn't happened yet. You got to change that. He has no respecter of persons. So I have to, you'll hear me pray for people, and I have to line my, I'll say, line up with the word of God. You know why? Because everything lines up with the word of God. That's as easy as I can tell you. So when, I, when it's time for church, let's come ready. Let's come willing. It doesn't mean if you don't run, you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean if you don't, I, I wouldn't do that if God didn't tell you. You know what I'm saying? Don't do it unless you feel the Lord. But you're at least in a place you have freedom. But when you surrender, remember we used to always sing that song, I surrender all. Sometimes it's hard because we have, what will people think? I've been through a lot. Everybody, especially now, I think we've all been caged up a long time, you know, all quarantined. But he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. Look at your viewpoint and start saying, Lord, help me line it up. So again, remember I said the one thing, I, I don't understand so I might believe. I believe so that I might understand. And I just believe what he says. And if I need to understand, I'll ask him. He'll share it with me. I'll keep moving. It doesn't matter to me whether he does because I believe him because he said. Remember when we went in the beginning of this message, because I said so. And I just knew my mom and dad would never purposely put me in danger. They would always take care of me. It's about his presence. It's about his glory. It's for the audience of one. Would you stand to your feet and bow your heads, please?